Where we ended things last time was section 10, and the way it ended was, thus began Zarathustra's going under. Now that's a repetition from what happened at the very beginning when Zarathustra went down from his mountain. And then within the text we have titled The Speeches of Zarathustra, the first of which is on the three metamorphoses of the spirit. So we've had 10 sections so far, and then these official speeches are said to begin. And recall all the way back in section 5, when Zarathustra had finished telling the people of the town about the last man, in other words, trying to shame them into wanting greatness in the overman. What the narrator told us is the following. He said, and here ended the first speech of Zarathustra, which is also called the prologue. And then we have section 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. The most important thing that happens in section 6 through 10 is that Zarathustra has had a fundamental insight into how it is that he has to conduct himself if he still wishes to accomplish the political project of the overman. And remember, I've been at pains to emphasize, for Zarathustra, this is a planetary project. That's how political Zarathustra's ambitions are, because he recognizes that that's how dangerous the nihilism of last man is. And his own wisdom is 10 years behind the time, because remember, he's been in the mountain for 10 years. And so what has happened over those 10 years, he's not aware of. But in convalescing during those 10 years, he realizes what's needed to overcome what burnt his spirit into ash. And so it makes perfect sense that this new beginning concerns the spirit of those who would be Zarathustra's brothers. And remember what Zarathustra has just said in section 10. He said, I found it more dangerous among human beings than among animals. What Zarathustra has discovered is that man is the most dangerous of all animals in the face of anything that questions their tradition, their laws, their way of life, because that's precisely what is so definitive about Zarathustra's own political teaching, is that the route in which man is proceeding is a dead end. It has no life to it. And so what he has come to do is provide a way out of this. And so the new meaning of the earth that Zarathustra provides is the teaching of the overman. Man is to live for the goal of the overman, the creation of the overman. And then the overman, whatever that constitutes, is going to be that which rescues culture from this unbearable kind of nihilism that has burnt Zarathustra's spirit. So the claim of wisdom that Zarathustra has is that the effect of whatever kind of nihilism is going on with last man, he's found a universal within the particular of what it did to his own spirit. And so his belief when he comes down from the mountain is that his teaching can rescue man, all man. But what he found is that that's not going to be possible. He has to employ a particular kind of rhetoric because not all people's natures are the same. In many ways, this is a kind of parallel to what we see in Plato's Republic. Socrates makes it perfectly clear that not all people have philosophical natures. 
Zarathustra is learning in real time that not all people have the same kind of spirit as he has. In other words, not all people can be Zarathustra's brother. He's eventually going to refer to them as disciples, but for now he's speaking to them as brothers. So with all of those things being said, what we have is that Zarathustra is in a new town. He somehow gained an audience, but this first speech that he gives is about the spirit that's going to be required of them. And again, this is precisely because what the nihilism of last man has done is it has burned his spirit and he's seeking people that he might be able to save now. In other words, Zarathustra has had to give up on all man and instead has to look for particular men that he can rescue. And again, the rescuing consists of the teaching of the overman. And this teaching now cannot be done in a way of these very public speeches in the town square. That was the failure of the prologue. And the fundamental insight he gained is that he has to employ a kind of rhetoric and in fact has to become the thief that the priestly man told him about in the very beginning. Because man is fundamentally resentful toward that which would question what is most dear to him. And again, what is most dear to last man is comfortability. What Zarathustra teaches is absolutely not comfortability. It is the challenging of the spirit. And so this first speech is Zarathustra looking for people with similar spirits that like to be challenged, that live for the challenge. So he begins as follows. Three metamorphoses of the spirit I name for you. How the spirit becomes a camel, and the camel a lion, and finally the lion a child. To the spirit, there is much that is heavy. To the strong, carrying spirit, imbued with reverence. Its strength demands what is heavy and heaviest. What is heavy? Thus asks the carrying spirit. It kneels down like a camel and wants to be well loaded. Now, we need to make a few comments here because this imagery of that which is heavy prefigures the fundamental teaching in the entire text. But again, Zarathustra can't name this right now in the way that he did in the opening speech. He's fishing for men, to use the kind of imagery that literally will come up later, the way in which he's appropriating and replacing the image of Christ. He can only reveal so much to entice or to rhetorically seduce those who would be willing to go down this road that Zarathustra is going to provide them with. And ultimately, that which is heavy is the weight of tradition. Remember what Zarathustra has already said is he wants creators, people to create anew. It's going to turn out that the heaviest of all weights is what man has no ability to change whatsoever. That's going to be the past. The it was, das war is the German there, turns out that the heaviest thing for man, which makes it so very difficult to live now and into the future, is what has already happened to him. The heaviest of all stones is that which man simply cannot change. The past, the it was. Now we've got a long way until we get there, but it's important to see that now, the image of that now. And so what Zarathustra is going to say as we continue is that the spirit of gravity is his greatest enemy. 
the imagery of what weighs man down. In other words, what pushes man down and keeps him from greatness, that which keeps him from the heights, this thing, gravity. In other words, the weight of tradition, the weight of the past, time itself, time that has already passed by. And he's even about to immediately ask, what is heaviest? And remember, what is heaviest ultimately is going to be the past, the it was, each man's individual past. But as it stands here, all we have is the carrying spirit taking on the image of a camel that's going to kneel down to be loaded with that which is heavy. So now we get the itemized listing of questions that are supposed to make this clearer or provoke his listeners to want to take up these challenges. What is heaviest, you heroes? Thus asks the carrying spirit, so that I might take it upon myself and rejoice in my strength. Okay, that line just about gives it all away. Remember, Zarathustra is speaking in the voice of the carrying spirit. And the carrying spirit is asking heroes what is heaviest, so that he, the carrying spirit, can take it on and rejoice in its strength, can carry it. So what Zarathustra is assuming of his listeners is that they have this spirit within them and that they want to be the best. They want to ask the best people, which is to say the heroes, what the heroes say is heaviest so that they can in fact carry that. So they're going to prove themselves to be better than the heroes and they're going to rejoice in that. So this first transformation from spirit to camel would seem to be something that is required of his listeners that he can't necessarily teach. In many ways, he has to presume it. He has to provoke them into wanting it. Zarathustra's insurgency consists of creating heroes out of potential heroes by pointing to what is understood to be the heroes and saying, don't you want to be better than them and rejoice in your strength of being better than them? 